Hello, today we celebrate the Feast of the Transfiguration of our Lord, and our Gospel comes from Matthew chapter 17. First, let us pray. O God, in the glorious transfiguration of your beloved Son, you confirmed the mysteries of the faith by the testimony of Moses and Elijah. In the voice that came from the bright cloud, you wonderfully foreshadowed our adoption by grace. Mercifully make us co-heirs with the King in his glory and bring us to the fullness of our inheritance in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our gospel for today for the Feast of the Transfiguration comes from Matthew chapter 17, starting at verse 1. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with them. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. And Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise, and have no fear. And when they lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. And as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. This morning Moses comes down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. He had spoken to Moses up there on that mountain, and therefore when he came down his face was shining, reflecting the glory of God. So, when Aaron and all the people of Israel saw his face, brightly shining, they were afraid, rightly so. It was too much for sinners to bear. The shame of the golden calf was still bitter on their hearts. And just like Adam and Eve, they hid their faces from the Lord. The glory on Moses' face was so bright that he had to cover his face. And that veil, much like the temple curtain in the tabernacle, It was a sad reminder of the separation between God and man caused by sin, and at the same time, a hopeful reminder of the promise to come, when God would come veiled in the incarnation of his Son to tear down every boundary. But it's all really a setup for today's gospel, because this morning Jesus goes up another mountain with Peter and James and John, and Jesus is transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes, they became white as light. You might say the veil, the covering had been lifted, and the full divinity of Jesus is on full display, shining forth for all to see. And there on the top of that mountain are the two VIP saints of the Old Testament, Moses and Elijah. It's the best committee or church council you've ever seen. They're talking about the Exodus. They're talking about the cross talking about the fulfillment of God's promises and the communion 
which will soon take place between God and man at the cross. It is at this moment that the glory cloud covered them, and the voice of the Father in heaven spoke, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Like those Israelites who received Moses coming down from Sinai with his face shining, those disciples Peter and James and John are terrified too. They covered their faces. This unfiltered glory was just too much to bear. But when Jesus says, but what but then Jesus says the very best words we could ever hope to hear, don't be afraid. And when they lifted their eyes, they saw his face, the face of the Lord. And he told them not to be afraid. And why not? Well, Jesus is coming down that mountain to go right up another, Mount Calvary. And at that mountain, his glory is going to shine even brighter because he's going to lay down his life on the cross and take it up again. But first, first he'll be disfigured by our sins. He'll be covered with our shame, bearing in his body the price of our salvation and he'll triumph over it all by his resurrection, and so transfigure these bodies of ours from death to life. When Jesus is risen from the grave, those words to his disciples are the same as on the Mount of Transfiguration. Don't be afraid, he'll say. That is the preaching of the gospel. Don't be afraid. It is the forgiveness of sins. It is life and salvation. And it means that the veil, the covering cast over all people, is finally lifted. I hope you can see what this day is all about. The Lord appeared to Moses in the light of the burning bush. Later, at the transfiguration here, Moses' face would shine. Excuse me. In our first reading from Exodus, Moses' face would shine with reflected light of God's glory when he came down from Mount Sinai. But now, at the transfiguration, Moses and Elijah appear with the one who is light himself. God of God, light of light, very God of very God. The season of Epiphany, it really comes to its summit today. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, which Moses and Elijah represent. This morning, we see him manifest his majesty as the eternal Son of the Father, And he invites us into a glimpse of what to look forward to, a glory that we will all share in the resurrection on the last day. Because what we see on the mountain is also a glimpse into our own future. Beloved, wrote St. John, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. But when he is revealed, we will be like him, for we will see him as he is. Also, Paul wrote, when Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with him in glory. That is, you too will be transfigured. You too will shine like the sun in his kingdom. Today in our readings, you've probably noticed that there's a lot about faces, lots about coverings and veils, nearly impossible to ignore the connection between these interesting days we're all living in. Earlier this week, I drove past a billboard that said the following, Covering your face is a small sacrifice. And it's not the covering your face part I want to debate or talk about. I know better than that. But it's the small sacrifice part. That's what struck me. And it may be true, depending on your perspective, but 
Let's not pretend that being deprived of hugs from our friends and seeing a smile from our neighbor is a small thing. It's hard to deny that having a meaningful, friendly conversation with a stranger has become increasingly challenging and difficult. And an inability to read facial expressions and to communicate in the intricate deal and wonder of the human countenance is no small thing. And no other part of the body reveals the soul and the humanity of the person, like the face. Covering up may very well be the right thing to do in certain circumstances as God leads you to do it. But let's not pretend that there is not a significant psychological, social, and theological cost here. Or at least let's not get too used to it all. We recently took the baby with us on an errand. And when she woke up in the store crying, a mom's covered face only made things far worse. It was only after the mask was pulled down to reveal a mother's face that the tears stopped flowing. We can learn from this. The beatific vision of heaven is described as the highest and most personal form of communion with God and also with one another. It is to see God's face in the person of his Son, a privilege which we do well to ponder in the sacrament of the altar. This morning, Peter says, "'Tis good, Lord, to be here." And it's true. We walk out of here this morning free from shame, with our faces beaming with joy. Because the thing is, you've come face to face with the glory of God, and he has not turned away from you. Peter says up on that mountain, "'It is good, Lord, to be here.'" And it's true. Because it's here where he makes his face to shine upon you. It's here that he promises to be gracious to you. It's here where the Lord lifts up his countenance upon you and gives you peace. Meaning that you can depart this day holding your head high with the forgiveness of sins. Being strengthened to serve your neighbor in whatever way you can. And as the psalmist says, those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.